Thank you, Shirley Ann. Hey, good morning, folks. Um, we, uh, we have these geraniums in these pots near our front porch. Um, our, our past tense, we had these geraniums uh, near our front porch. Until, until a week ago, Saturday, they looked great. And my wife and I, in fact, we had talked about bringing them inside, and then that storm came last weekend, and then the cold came in, and then they looked like that. Um, and uh, I was working on this message, and part of the message is, blessed are the poor in spirit. And I was thinking, well, maybe they're just poor in spirit. Because my wife said, well, hey, could you take them, could you throw them out this week? And I said, well, maybe they're just poor in spirit. Maybe they'll rally. To which, to which my wife, in her wisdom, said, those geraniums, they have gone to geranium heaven. <laughs> hey, I'm going to jump in with the text. And it's uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew's Gospel, fifth chapter starting with the first verse. The entire text is in your bulletin if you want to follow along there or in your Bibles. Um, I'm going to to jump in with that, okay? Um, Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples, his followers, his students came to him, and he began to teach them. And he said this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I, I want to hold there for a bit. I want to fuss with just that part of the text. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And if you're following along in your, in your bulletin, just circle poor in spirit, because I want to hang out there for just a little bit. Um, whenever I wrestle with the text, when I fuss with the text, I always start with questions. And to me, the questions from this text, what, what does it mean to be blessed? What, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? H- have I ever been poor in spirit? And why did Jesus open this message, this story, if you will, with this, with this text. Why did he open his message, maybe one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, why did he start with this line? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And why does any storyteller start with the way they start? Um, a good storyteller knows their audience, and that first line is important. Note to self, do not start a sermon with a dead geranium story, but that's for later. Um, but, but a good storyteller wants to draw us in. They want us to listen. The teacher, the storyteller wants to connect with us. And I believe more importantly, the best storytellers, the best teachers want to change us. Before Jesus said a word, I believe Jesus looks at the crowd at that mountainside that day. In my mind's eye, he doesn't just look at the crowd. He doesn't just look at the mass of people, but he looks into their eyes and really sees the people. He not only sees the people He knows the people. He loves the people. He knows what's going on in their hearts. And he sees them all in their Sunday best, but he also knows that this is just the surface stuff. He sees their hearts. He sees their struggles. He knows where they are hurting, knows where they are scared, knows where they are broken. Jesus knows that every one of those folks on that hillside that day, they're broken in some way, just like us. And Jesus speaks these words of life to them, these words of love to them. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this blessing is not just for the other guys. It's not for the privileged guys or the holy guys or the folks at the top of the ladder. This blessing is for you guys. And here's the reward, the kingdom of heaven. Here's the promise, the kingdom of heaven. It's for you and for you and for you and for us too. Um, And don't answer this yet, but any of you folks... Have you ever been poor in spirit? Have you ever been poor in spirit? Let me share some thoughts on this poor in spirit thing. 
The word in Greek is pneuma. Um, it's where we get the words pneumatic, the, the P is silent, or pneumonia. The literal translation of pneuma, it also means wind. It means spirit, but it also means wind and air or breath. Pour in spirit, pour in wind, pour in air, pour in breath. To be pour in spirit, in my words, I got nothing left in the tank. There's no zip in my doodah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm toast. I'm out of gas. I'm worn out, burned out. I'm done. Ready to give up, ready to stop, ready to turn in my resignation. No more treatments, no more doctors. Time for the second team, no moss. If you've ever felt like that, or felt like you don't belong, or if you've uh, ever struggled with depression or wanted to run away, or lived through a divorce, you know what it means to be poor in spirit. If you've ever thought about suicide, or attempted it, then you know what it means to be poor in spirit. If you've ever been un unemployed or, or in a job that sucks the life out of you every day, you know what it's like to be poor in spirit. If you've ever felt lonely like the walls are caving in or in a big crowd and you feel alone, you know what it's like to be poor in spirit. And hang in there with me, guys. I'm just trying to list some of the things that I know you folks have struggled with. If you've ever forgotten how to button a shirt or walked with somebody that doesn't know how to button a shirt anymore. If you've been beaten up by fists or words or life, you know what it's like to be poor in spirit. If you've ever eaten a full pan of brownies, not because you were hungry, but because you were hurting, I didn't eat the full pan, I'm projecting here, but there was at least one or two left. <laughs> if you've ever lost everything, been in a fire, or you made some stupid mistake, you know what it's like to be poor in spirit. If you've ever lost someone, a friend or a spouse or a brother or a child or a dad, Man, you know what it's like to be poor in spirit. If you've ever been in such a dark place, you think there is no way out, there's no way you're going to pull through, there's no way you're going to get through this, you know what it's like to be poor in spirit. Trying to catch your breath, but you can't. Struggling for every breath, but you can't just seem to catch it. In through the nose, out through the mouth, forget that. You're trying to gas, gas, gas for every breath. Literally and figuratively, spiritually and emotionally, if you've ever felt like that, if you feel like that, then you can relate to the folks on that hillside today. And just as Jesus spoke to them, Jesus is speaking to us, to me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Ever feel like that? Ever feel like my geraniums? The sun may be shining, but there's not much life left, if any. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not a bad way for Jesus, I believe, the ultimate storyteller to start the message that day, to capture his audience, to draw them in, to draw us in, to see us, to name us, and then give us the promise of heaven, the gift of hope. Okay, audience participation, not, not with hands raised, but hearts open. Any of you folks ever experienced some of this poor in spirit stuff? You know what happened on that hillside that day? You know what happened on that hillside that day as people listened to Jesus maybe for the first time and heard the gospel, the good news of the gospel? Jesus turned their thinking upside down that day. The crowd on the hillside, they were convinced that the only ones who were blessed were the privileged ones. They were convinced that the only ones who were blessed were the ones with the robes or the sword or the money. And Jesus says to them, uh-uh. God's ways, my ways are way different than man's ways. And isn't it true, God's ways are often the complete opposite of what you, you and I think. The first will be last, and the last will be first. 
Listen carefully. These are the Beatitudes. This is the, the opening lines of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know what happened on that hillside that day? The folks on that hillside began to understand that being poor in spirit, being being poor in spirit isn't an end. Being poor in spirit might be a beginning because it can change us. It means that we come to the end of ourselves and begin to understand that we can't do it on our own, that we need God more than anything, more than breath itself. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who put their trust in God. Blessed are those who are desperate for God. Ever been desperate for God? You know what happened on that hillside that day? I believe in all my heart there was good church happened on that day. And I believe good church happens every time God gets our attention and we acknowledge our need for God, our need for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives and breathes in us and through us and then is extended to those around us. Panuma, breath, spirit, life, the Holy Spirit that lives and breathes in us. That was good church, church. Jesus was saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the knuckleheads. Blessed are the folks that struggle. Blessed are the folks that look a lot like you and me. Jesus is saying, be blessed. And what does it mean to be blessed? I I think in its simplest form, it means to be encouraged. If If you're being blessed, you're being encouraged. If you're blessing someone, you're encouraging them. Stories, a couple stories I just remember. Old Testament, Joshua, right before he comes into the promised land, He's, he's scared. He's taken over from Moses. He knows he's not as good as Moses. And God whispers this into his heart, Joshua 1.9. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, I will be with you wherever you go. God is blessing Joshua. Um, blessing someone, encouraging someone. God the Father blessing Jesus as he comes up out of the waters of baptism right before he starts his public ministry. You are my son, my beloved. I love you. I'm pleased with you. If you've been following the Good Book series that we, we were in the last eight weeks or so, there was a, a, a film, and there was this story about Cole, special needs kid Cole, and one of the lines, Cole is asking his dad, his dad as his dad tucks him in, Daddy, are you proud of me? Are you proud of me? When we encourage someone, we say, yes, I am so proud of you. A blessing, words of encouragement, words of life. We end each service. Um, Pastor Drew um, challenges us, uh, Pastor Michael and I, when we end each service, when you do the blessing, don't ask them to bow their heads or eyes closed. Look in their eyes. Look in their faces. Love them. Love them. Bless them. Encourage them on the journey that you and I are on. Thanksgiving is this week. And it's a time for football and turkey and Black Friday. How many folks do Black Friday? <laughs> one over here. We'll pray for that person over there. Or at least one, <laughs> one person acknowledges it. <laughs> um, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens this week, but we try and remember what we were thankful for, what our blessings are, and how we've been blessed. 
I asked some folks around here, some of you, some on staff, what they're most thankful for this season. This is from Becky Cohen, our brand new youth minister. Hey, Joe, here, here are the things I'm thankful for this season. My new job and the people I'm surrounded with at that job, especially the care pastor. I, I penciled that in. <laughs> Becky's not here this service. I knew she wouldn't mind. It was missing, Becky. <laughs> the, the health and safety of my family. My son will be home from college for a week. While even in a hard financial time, God has provided for us. Thank you, Becky. Blessings to you and your family. This is from Charlie Felger. I told Charlie I wouldn't look at him when I, when I read this. Longtime member of South Suburban Christian Church. First got to know Charlie up in Lyons a few years back when we went up there to clean up after the floods up there. They did a PET scan on Charlie this past Monday, hoping and praying for the best. Just a little good news, please, Lord. They told Charlie the cancer has spread. It's in his lungs. It's in his lymph nodes. And any time that C word gets thrown around, it'll take your breath away. And I had asked Charlie a couple weeks before to share with me what he was thankful for. But after he got the cancer news last Tuesday night, Charlie shared this with me. I've lived a good, long life. I'm 79 years old. I've got this beautiful woman, Joanne, next to me. I've lived with her for 55 years. I have no complaints. I've been so blessed by friends and family, by my church, by my country. They told me they could maybe try one more thing, one more type of treatment. And Charlie and Joanne are wrestling with whether to do that or not. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Charlie. May God bless you and Joanne in these days and weeks ahead. And may we surround you and love on you guys. I asked Nancy Nelson, a talented leader and a good friend of mine and senior in the seniors ministry, along with a bunch of other gifted ladies, she shared this. Hi, Joe. I received a very special blessing a couple of weeks ago. My grandson and his wife announced that they are expecting their first child. Next spring, I will be a very blessed new great-grandmother. Thank you, Miss Nancy. God bless you and that new great-grandbaby that's being knit together in that womb right now. It's from Todd Rapu. He's on our staff, part of the maintenance team here at the church. PJ says, with life's daily chaos and the negativity we all face every day, whether it's another mishap by our country's leaders or another tragedy, I try hard to simplify my life by, by an easy rule. I call it the three F's, faith, family, and football. <laughs> and a lot of people understand the first two rules, but they laugh at me when I add football. For me, it's not necessarily just the game. It's the life lessons the game has taught me. For example, be on time, be prepared, study your playbook and scouting report, do your job, have faith your teammate will do his job, work hard, lift up your team or teammate when necessary, lean on your team when you need anything, listen to the bosses, the coaches, work together to fulfill a common goal, be prepared mentally and physically, be prepared for anything, and do not look down upon anyone when the goal is not reached. These lessons obviously reflect how much playing time you'll receive on the field, but in life, they help create a successful person. So I'm thankful for when I get to coach these invaluable lessons to the youngsters who think they are there simply to play a game. And I'm really thankful for when I get to coach two of the rules at the same time, like Proverbs 16.3, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. I was especially thankful this season because I got to start coaching a new group of youngsters, a new group of sponges. Thank you, Todd, Coach Todd. God bless you, Todd, and the kids you coach, and your heart for those kids. 
I'll share a couple more. This is from Nathan Martin. Joe, no problem, as we just experienced it, a Thanksgiving moment yesterday. With all the chaos that raising three kids under five is expected to bring, with also trying to buy a new house and sell our current one, we get moments like yesterday when the leaves were raked and the wind was calm, where we were able to start a fire in our fire pit and roast some marshmallows and relax. Of course, the kids were playing Mr. Shark, Mr. Shark, what time is it in the yard? We took some mental snapshots as we left the phones in the house. Thank you, Nathan. Nathan and Leah Martin are fairly new to our church, and they jumped into the chaos here. They have three adorable kids. And if you were there at family bingo night a week ago Friday, um, little Everett, their son, was the one that came up front. He was helping us with the bingo balls. Um, Thank you for sharing, Nathan. Thanks, Everett, for for being over the top cute. God bless you guys. Um, This is the last one. This is from Leela Viss, our talented uh, pianist and organist. Hi, Joe. Sharing what I'm thankful for comes with mixed emotions. Right now, my heart is heavy for a friend, a cyber friend, who lost her home in her piano studio in Paradise, California. Just a real quick um, commercial. Uh, In the chapel after this service, between services, we're going to pray. We're going to gather. Whoever wants to gather there, we're going to pray for those folks in California um, that have lost their homes lost lives, still folks that are missing. We'll pray for them and pray for that whole community. Um, This is Leela again. In fact, I feel somewhat guilty for having everything I need and more. I can't imagine not having all my stuff. So yes, I'm extremely thankful for all my stuff and that I live with my wonderful husband. I didn't put that in, Chuck. Leela put that in there. Um, And we enjoy three grown sons, a daughter-in-law, and still have dad, Charlie, Chuck's dad, with us who is on his way to recover from some major health issues. Daily life is nothing to take for granted. Thank you, Leela. And God bless you, Leela, and Chuck, and your family. God bless your dad, Chuck. Um, the last thought for the morning. And uh, remember what Pastor Ike said, bring it, home, bring it on home, a preacher, <laughs> when you come to the end. Um, Pastor Drew asked me if I would give an update on the frog story. And... Uh, um, the text is, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And for folks who were around a while back, um, my, my, this, this frog was in our home since we were kids, this cookie jar of frogs. And my mom always kept it full of um, homemade cookies and brownies and those little miniature chocolate things. And uh, when my mom passed away in September, the funeral home was trying to sell them a bunch of these, you know, thing, urns, fancy urns, um, and my dad called me and said, Joe, what should I do? And I said, Dad, just go to the, go to the dollar store, buy some Tupperware, and, and put Mom in the Tupperware. And he, he hesitated on that, went home, and then he saw this cookie jar, and he said, that's, that's where we're going to put Mom. And, and two weeks ago yesterday, we put Mom in the frog. Um, my brother-in-law had built this beautiful box around it. So at church, it, it didn't look like that. It looked like a beautiful box. Only the family knew that mom was in the frog. And, and all the family said, that is just perfect. It's just perfect. It just fits. And uh, um, we, we were so blessed by the day. Um, and many folks have asked, how was the service? And it was, I, I just couldn't ask for a better service. We were blessed um, that day. And uh, I want to show just a picture of my family, if I could. Um, I don't know how good that is, but that, that is my family. Um, blessed and beautiful and broken as they are. And, and I showed this to a lot of folks because I was proud of them. But when I see this story, I see, 
I see an older sister, Kathy, who's divorced and struggles with depression. I see my, I see my brother, Tom, a couple of years younger than me. He spent eight months in prison because he did something stupid. Um, I see with our adopted daughter, um, sister from Vietnam, who lost a brother tragically in the Cambodia boat people. And in the middle of it, I see my dad, whose wife, my mom, after 64 years of marriage, um, we put in the frog that morning. Um, blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, somebody reminded me that frog, the, the acronym is F-R-O-G, fully rely on God. When we, are, when we are blessed, when we are poor in spirit, we fully rely on God. Um, this Christmas, my wife and I were going to buy my dad a new frog, fill it with cookies, um, and I, I pray it makes my dad smile. I know it will make my mom smile. Um, let me pray over you guys. Um, hey, Heavenly Father, this is a holy gathering right here. And we are just like the folks on the hillside. We are broken. Um, we are poor in spirit or have been poor in spirit, but we are so blessed. And Lord, I, I thank you just for walking with us um, in this season right here. And Lord, I pray just a big blessing upon all these folks. I pray a thanksgiving blessing upon them. We pray this in your son Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen.